an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian. From The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Faces Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. A special hello and welcome to MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast here. You're going to be a little bit shorter just because... We haven't had a whole boatload of news go on the past couple days with regards to the MLB landscape, but with that said, Danny Vietti, one of our favorites from last year, he does terrific work for CBS Sports. We're going to be talking to him in the second and third segment. We're going to make this a little bit of a two-part conversation. We're going to be talking about some of the teams that might benefit, some of the teams that might be a little bit behind the eight ball once baseball does get started back up. What is going to happen when we get baseball back in our lives? What time it's going to be happening? We're both thinking in the month of July, but we're going to expand upon that a little bit more. And we are also going to be just taking a look at what we might see with regards to whether batters or pitchers are going to be a little bit ahead of the curve once the MLB season does start back up. And then we're also going to be hitting a little bit on minor leaguers as well, because what I feel like a lot of people don't recognize with regards to this baseball outage is the fact that not only are we affected with regards to not having Major League Baseball and everything like that, but a lot of these minor leaguers, they don't make a lot of money to begin with. I know that a lot of baseball teams have come around and they are starting to stipend their minor league baseball players, but with that said, there are a lot of guys out there that right now they're not getting a whole lot of money as a result, so hopefully this will give you a little bit more awareness of just what these guys are going through as well, so I do think that that is very critical and it's just a tough time for all of us. But with that said, 
going to be a great chat with Danny. And this is just a part of the show where I always like to be able to take your Twitter questions at GNRSCordy1. A few days ago, I went through some of the key stats I look into with regards to baseball handicapping. I think that that went over very well with you guys. And I really didn't get in too many questions for today. So as always, if you have a question with regards to baseball, baseball handicapping, what have you, Always fired into the timeline at GNRSQuarty1. More than happy to air it out on this podcast. Now, if you do send it via DM, well, DM to me means does not matter. But with that said, if you send it to my timeline, it is always open. More than happy to answer them because let's face it, it's looking like we're going to have quite a few months to be able to preview the MLB season. And earlier in the week, I also took a look at the MLB baseball futures prices with you guys as well. So we are all up to date on that. Unfortunately, we just haven't had a lot of movement because let's face it, we haven't had a lot of news, but we are seeing a couple players that are going to be having some Tommy John surgery, a couple notable pitchers, the most notable of which no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That would be Chris Sale of the Boston Red Sox. And for the Boston Red Sox, Oh, the, how the mighty have fallen because you take a look at it about 18 months ago. This is a organization that was celebrating a world championship. They were at top of the world and now they've got an ousted manager in Alex Cora. They wind up firing Dave Dombrowski in the offseason. It wasn't even the offseason actually. It was towards the end of the Major League Baseball season in September. I think that many people have their opinion as to whether or not he deserved to get the boot or not, but I think that Just about everyone would agree that the optics of that were not necessarily the best. And you thought that with the Boston Red Sox a few years ago, that David Price and Chris Sale would be the aces of the staff for so many years to come. Well, David Price is now in Los Angeles, and now you take a look at Chris Sale. He is going to have Tommy John surgery. It's going to be very fascinating to see if he's able to come back, because obviously this year is shot for him. Good news is, it's not like he's going to be missing a full regular season to begin with. We're going to be talking to Danny as to how many games we think that are going to be played in general with regards to baseball because I think that we're both going to agree that it's highly unlikely that we're going to see doubleheaders. So how long the season is going to go is very much up for debate at this point. It all depends on whether or not we're able to get a vaccine, whether or not we are able to control this virus. Obviously, it is a very trying time for all of us, but getting back to the Boston Red Sox, it's just amazing how things have fallen out for this team. And I think that we might see a rise in players that just decide during this break, hey, the MLB season probably is not going to start until July, so maybe now is a good time to have Tommy John surgery have this be a little bit of an off year. And we're seeing that with the San Francisco Giants as well. Tyler Beatty is going to have Tommy John surgery as well. Tyler Beatty had an absolutely atrocious start to the 2019 season when he wound up getting the call up from the San Francisco Giants. He was on my fade list for a while. He actually broke through. And this is a guy that at his full forces, he actually has some pretty good stuff. He's got an electrifying fastball. He's got some good off-speed pitches that he's able to use. So a guy like Tyler Beatty having Tommy John surgery is something that you do want to take note of and you do want to be able to take some mental notes on some guys that maybe returned towards the end of last year, some guys that missed last year with regards to Tommy John surgery as well because you take a look at a fireballer like a Denelson Lamette for the San Diego Padres when he was coming back because he wanted missing the 2018 season due to 
having some surgery due to injuries and everything like that. When he returned towards the middle of the 2019 season, you could see that he had very electrifying stuff, but he had absolutely no command whatsoever. But as the season went along, as he started to get a couple more reps, he was a guy that he was able to ascend. It's not like he was an ace or anything like that, but you clearly saw some improvement. Those are sort of the things that you might want to be researching and you might want to take note of because I mentioned it on the podcast a couple days ago. What do you look at with regards to some of these pitchers? Velocity is a big one. If you've got a guy that is throwing 99 miles an hour, maybe he's coming off a little bit of an injury, maybe a good strategy to take once the baseball season starts up, and I'm going to say once, I'm not going to say if because I have a lot of faith that we are going to be able to get this contained. Some of you guys might be debating whether or not I should have this faith, but with that said, I'm a glass half full guy. I do think that we are going to eventually get baseball back into our lives, but I do think that eventually we are going to be getting baseball back. What I think is very interesting is taking a look at some of these guys that maybe had off-season Tommy John surgery, see how long the ramp-up period is for baseball, and then maybe you start to fade some of those guys at the beginning of the year because they're going to be a little bit wild, they're going to be all over the place, but as they get dialed in, as they get more reps, maybe you take a look at being able to bet on them towards the middle to end of the abbreviated season. So that is sort of an angle that I'm going to be taking a look at. And we're going to be talking about how long we can maybe expect for a ramp-up period with our good buddy Danny Vietti of CBS Sports. I do think that that is something that we do want to hit. We're going to be in the first part of the conversation really talking about just the optics of everything talking about when we can expect baseball to be back and things like that. And then towards the second half, we're going to be talking about teams that are going to be benefiting, teams that are going to be behind the eight ball a little bit more. So we've got a two-part conversation with our good buddy Danny Vietti of CBS Sports coming up next. And that is right here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia Hotline. And we're back here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to have on our next guest. He joined me all throughout the season last year, and I'm sure that we're going to be having him on quite a few times this year. How many times? We don't know, as we are still a little bit uncertain as to when the baseball season is going to be getting started, but this man does a terrific job of writing for CBS Sports on the MLB Beat. And you can follow him on Twitter at Danny Vietti. And that is all together. And the last name is spelled V-I-E-T-T-I as it is. Danny joining me right here on the podcast today. And Danny, obviously, I think we were wishing that spring training was going to be ramping up in about a week or so. But great to have you on the podcast regardless. How are you? I think we kind of talked about it a little bit before. I think we're all kind of doing as good as we can be, right? I mean, we're missing out on some really great sports opportunities, but it's all in good grace. And I think we're doing the right thing right now. Oh, absolutely. It's obviously not ideal. And when are you hearing from some of these clubs from the league in general that we might be getting baseball back? Because right now, from what I'm hearing, it's probably going to be right around the 4th of July. I know that there were a lot of reports, including one from, I believe it was Bob Nightingale, that teams are setting up to try to come back in July. Obviously, it might be a little bit sooner. Obviously, it might be a little bit later. But are you hearing anything different? I'm hearing about the same things. The biggest issue is that I don't think anybody has a specific date that you can target. Because right now, 
you can have an idea and you can have goals and you can have timetables, but we've already seen how fast this coronavirus can change everything, really. And the report came out that China is actually seeing a decline in the coronavirus, which is great news, you know, more importantly, away from the sports side, but also for the sports world as well. Because if you're seeing better and better signs in China, people have been saying that we're about two weeks to a month behind some of the European countries and China as well. So if you kind of do some estimated math on my part, I think July is a pretty good estimation. With that being said, they keep, of course, telling people nothing over 50 people in any type of group setting. For obvious reasons, we want to try and flatten this curve. And so I think July is a good target point. I wouldn't put any type of date on it. I don't know if there'll be fans in the stands. Hopefully there'll be fans in the stands. But at this point, I think it's a question mark for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. This is obviously not the most ideal situation in the world. And obviously, that is putting it very, very politely, as Danny Vietti is joining me right here on the podcast. And with that said, obviously, all these players that they were at spring training, they are now going to be heading home. If there is a team that benefits the most from this, in my opinion, it is the Houston Astros. Because with the Astros, they were dealing with a banged-up pitching staff. Joseph Verlander said that he was going to need a miracle in order to be ready for the start of opening day. It's not the miracle that we were all hoping for, but it is a miracle of some sorts, I guess you could say. Because I strongly think that if the baseball season starts up sometime in July, he's going to be ready for it. Lance McCullers was probably going to be on a pitch count. He is going to be back. He's probably going to be able to go a full season. And I think that these teams in general that are a little bit front-loaded with their pitching staffs, they're actually set up for a shortened baseball season to have a lot of success because now you're going to be looking at more of these games that you're probably going to be taking more of the postseason approach in which you're going to maybe bring out some of these stars a little bit more often because a lot of these innings limits, they're not going to be reached in, say, an 80-90 game regular season. Yeah, I think that's a solid argument. I think the Astros have benefited in a way from uh, this delay in the season. I've kind of argued this for years and it's been getting a lot of pushback is I've always thought the season should be 120 games. I just think 162 is unnecessary, really. I mean, if you're winning your division after 120 games, I think you that's plenty enough evidence to show that you had a good enough season to make the playoffs. And with the shortened season... A lot of people keep saying they want to play 162, but if July is that target day, I just don't see that happening. I can't see baseball being played in, let's say, hypothetically, the Rockies make the postseason. I couldn't imagine baseball being played in Denver, Colorado in November without an absolute avalanche coming down from the sky. You know, it's unrealistic. And so with that being said, I think the season could be more interesting because each game is going to matter a little bit more. And I think certainly the Astros could benefit with their injuries, but I'm also looking at the Yankees with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. I think if that lineup is 100% healthy, they're one of, if not the best lineup in the league. Their biggest issue is they've had injuries. And it was the same story last year. And all of a sudden, a couple weeks in the spring training this year, and Giancarlo was expected to miss opening day. And Aaron Judge supposedly had this rib fracture that nobody knew about, which is astonishing in itself. But I think the Yankees could certainly benefit. And another aspect, I think the Dodgers could also benefit because while they have a handful of young arms and Walker Bueller and Urias, they have a couple veteran arms that 
I think are starting to decay a bit and having a shorter season for guys like Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, handful others in that Dodgers bullpen. I think that could definitely help them sustain once the postseason comes around because Kershaw has pitched and seemingly 25, 30 starts every single season. He's been up in the bigs and it's been over a decade now. And I think a shortened season could really play well for Clayton Kershaw and Kenley Jansen out in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that it's really going to benefit these teams that have a little bit more age and are a little bit more front-loaded, as we do have Danny Vietti joining me right here on the podcast. And in part two of our conversation, we're going to be talking about some of the teams that this really hurts and just how it's affecting these minor leaguers in general, since I think that that's a little bit of a lost storyline with all this. And then we're also going to tie a bow around it and see what teams he thinks are going to be able to ascend and whether or not pitchers or hitters are going to be benefited a little bit more once the season does get restarted. That's all coming up next right here on MLB Overtime Betting with myself, Greg Peterson. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it. And we are back here on MLB Overtime Medical with myself, Craig Peterson, where we were leaving off with our conversation with our good buddy, Danny Vietti of CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Danny Vietti, and that last name is spelled V-I-E-T-T-I. What we were talking about is some of the teams that this might hurt a little bit more, and I do think that it is very fascinating because I do think that younger teams might get a little bit of the short end of the stick. You've got more stamina with regards to maybe like an Atlanta Braves, Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr., guys like that, and these younger teams, they don't necessarily have as much chemistry as well because, as we know, up until last week, spring training was going on. These Guys were with their teams. Now, these guys, they're pretty much in their own element. They're not able to hang out with each other because of social distancing and everything like that. I think what really hurts is some of these younger teams and maybe teams that signed a bunch of guys in the offseason as well because you're not able to mesh as much because so many people take a look at what makes a pitcher successful. That pitcher-to-catcher relationship is huge. It's typically formed in spring training. Now a guy that gets signed off the scrap heap, like Dallas Keuchel, like a Kenta Maeda, these guys don't get to form chemistry with their new catchers. Yeah, that's an excellent point. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how these teams mesh. That's another issue that's going to evolve and come about once we get to the next step of maybe looking at an opening day, starting day, is that these pitchers and catchers, they're going to have to get back up to speed because you can't just throw a couple bullpens every week and throw them back out there in a live game. They're going to need some reps. They're going to need more than side bullpens. They're going to need some spring training games, if you will, in May or whenever the time may come. Going back to who will benefit and who won't look at guys, I really feel for guys like Felix Hernandez, Hunter Pence, those veteran guys that inked a free agent minor league contracts or anybody who is fighting for a spot because guy like Felix Hernandez, who has been one of the best pitchers of this era. And, you know, he, his career is obviously on the decline and has been for a while now. But he was able to ink a contract with Atlanta. And I thought he pitched really well in spring training. And I think he had three starts and had a couple good outings in there. And I really feel for a guy like that because he had a little bit of momentum riding. And you're a guy like Felix Hernandez at his age and the opportunities are getting really minimal. 
for a guy like that, you, you got to feel for him because all of a sudden you have this break in play and who knows what will happen in between now and whenever Felix Hernandez steps back on the mound. A lot can change. And I really feel for guys that are just fighting for spots, a lot of minor leaguers, especially that are fighting for spots. And we can talk about the minimal pay that minor leaguers get during the season. But right now they're essentially jobless. And it's really good to see these major league ball clubs not all of them have come together and agreed to pay their minor leaguers, but a handful have. And across the board, these minor leaguers need to be paid because a lot of them haven't gotten paychecks since last August. And even those paychecks are really slim. So I really feel for the minor leaguers and these veterans that are fighting for spots on rosters because their opportunity is a little more jagged. I'm right there with you as we do have Danny Vietti joining me right here on the podcast. And it's just going to be so fascinating to see what happens Once the season does ramp up, because you have to also think that we're going to see almost a second spring training as well, because when the season gets started, we're both thinking somewhere in July. But obviously, that's just a wild and crazy guess at this point. I mean, let's be honest here. It could be sooner. It's probably going to be later. That's just the way that I'm viewing it right now. But once things do get ramped back up, you have to think that there's going to be a second spring training. How long that's going to be? Who knows, but I it's just one of these situations in which I think there's so many logistical things for Major League Baseball to sort out as well. It's almost like an NFL team having their mini camps, their OTAs, everything like that, just completely shut down midstream, and now you have to restart up with all of those as well. Yeah, I think every pitcher is different. With that being said, if I were to put a number on it, I'd say three weeks is enough time for pitchers to get ramped up and ready to roll. A lot of players and media members were a little disgruntled that spring training was so long in this year, even though it obviously got into an abrupt halt, of course, with this coronavirus. A lot of people weren't too happy with it being so lengthy because, frankly, it's unnecessary, especially veteran players. I mean, you saw guys like Zach Greinke, he did, he didn't want to be there the first couple of weeks. And he told a reporter that if I would have realized that I didn't have to be here the first couple of weeks in my career, I, I would have never showed up this early. A lot of players, obviously, they're all different and every arm is going to respond in different ways. With that being said, I think three weeks is a pretty decent timetable for guys to get back up to speed. It's not the hitters. That's the issue. It's really the pitchers because the whole reason we're doing all these precautions when it comes to coronavirus is health. And so when we're talking about pitchers and getting back up to speed, we're talking about health. And I think you got to allow these pitchers to get their pitch counts back, especially the starters up near 80 pitches so that once season comes around and they're expected to throw 80, their pitchers are going to respond to those 80 to 100 pitch counts. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, this is just an absolutely unprecedented situation to say the least. We're going to see a shortened season. We're going to see just probably a situation in which it's going to take a little bit longer for these guys to get ramped back up. And do you think that because we are seeing a little bit of a later start to the season that this is going to help out hitters a little bit more because we were just talking about these pitchers needing to get ramped back up a little bit more. Do you think it might be a little bit more hitter friendly and a little bit of a two-part question here. I still remember towards the end of last year, we were seeing the MLB go away from the juice ball in the postseason. It seemed like more of the normal ball. Do you think we might also see that as well? Because from everything I've been hearing, there's been a lot of clamoring to just get rid of the juice ball because obviously last year it turned essentially good quality baseball into a little bit of a video game during the regular season. 
I can't speak in regards to the juice ball because there's been so many different reports with a lot of gray areas. So I can't speak in that regard. But to answer your question about whether hitters will benefit from this delay in the season, it depends on how long they want to make the season. You've seen it every single year. Generally, pitchers have the leg up in the first month of the season, first two months. One, because the weather is colder. And so the ball doesn't fly as well in colder climates. And secondly, it takes a while just to get up to the speed of things for hitters. You need repetitions. You need to see 100 mile an hour fastballs on a daily basis in order for you to really catch up the speed. To answer your question, I think it could benefit hitters if the season starts in the summertime and you're seeing more hot weather. Because trust me, hitting in Minneapolis and Minnesota at the target field when it's 30 degrees is no fun. You don't want to get jammed by a fastball in the inner half because it's going to sting. So playing in Minneapolis when it's you know 70, 80 degrees will certainly help as if the twins need any more help to hit some long <laughs> balls. But I think it really depends on how long the season can go because if they decide they want to play 120 games, but the season doesn't start till June or July, you're looking at playing a lot of regular season games in September and October, which, again, those are cold months in most of the parts of the country. So I think it really depends on what they want to do with the season and how long they want the season to go. Yeah, and if you, you just mentioned the fact that they might try to go 120, do you think that there's any possibility that we might see a lot of doubleheaders played this year? Because I know that pretty much scheduled doubleheaders, they are out the window. But could this year be a little bit of an exception with that regard as well? I don't see doubleheaders being played, and it goes back to our earlier discussion about health. It's a stressful game, especially on pitchers' arms. I mean, you're seeing record numbers in regards to Tommy John surgeries and torn labrums and is seemingly a new pitcher going down every single day when the season's going on. NCAA has really tried to bring down their doubleheaders because they know the type of toll that it takes on these arms and these bullpens. The whole reason we're doing this delay to the season is because health. And so doubleheaders would be putting health in jeopardy. You'd have to make even more stipulations and even more rules, you'd have to allow certain ball clubs to bring up pitchers from the minor leagues in order to give them more arms for a doubleheader. There would just be a lot more details and a lot more discussion. They've had too much discussion lately. I think they just want to play. Whether the season be a little bit shorter, so be it. Doubleheaders, I really don't see happening. I'm right there with you. I've been talking to a lot of people, and I've heard the exact same thing. And I think that it is for the best that they don't play two-a-days every single day that would obviously wear out so many of these teams so quickly. And I can tell you right now, both myself and Danny Vietti, we're not very worn out with regards to what we all have to talk about right now as there are no games. But Danny, I know that you do your absolute best for CBS Sports. I know that you're on the beat and you're reporting whatever you essentially get access to because right now we're in unprecedented times in which We are just praying that baseball gets started as quickly as possible and we get as much action as possible. And we'd like to close it up with this. Where can the good people find you on social media? And what are you just working on in general? Yeah, so right now we're working on a couple different things. It is a bit slow, of course, but we're working on players that will benefit from the delay in the season and then players who won't benefit. So a lot of it will be much alike the discussion we had on this podcast. That'll be coming out shortly and you can follow me 
at Danny Vietti on Twitter. And then you can also find me at CBSSports.com, Danny Vietti, the MLB section. Terrific. Always great to get Danny Vietti on the podcast. And always great to have you guys listening along as well. I plan on doing about three or four episodes a week until we do wind up getting baseball back into our lives. And once it is back and we get games on a day-to-day basis, I'll be giving you a side and total on every single game, every single day. So be prepared for that. And we're going to have terrific guests like Danny continuing to join me on the podcast so a big thanks to him and if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast you subscribe on apple Podcasts, google play spotify stitcher and tune in and if you ever have a question for the podcast always fire it into the timeline at junior squirty one i appreciate you guys all listening to this podcast and listening all along throughout the off season i'm going to keep them coming and hopefully you guys are staying safe hopefully you guys are in high spirits and hopefully i'm able to give you guys just a little bit of a bright spot in your day because let's face it, without live sports right now, we need it. Hopefully, I'm delivering it. Appreciate you guys listening today. Thank you so much.